Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, the second season of Star Trek Picard. Patrick Stewart stars as Picard, reprising his role from the series Star Trek The Next Generation, as well as other Star Trek media. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, and this, I think it's fair to say, is it picks off not quite exactly where they left off from season one, but without having seen watched season one, you won't have any attachment to any of these characters. So I think it's definitely required viewing, um, which, you know, you've got all the main players returning, Patrick Stewart, obviously. You've got Alison Pill returning, Michelle Hurd, Santiago Cabrera, uh, Jerry Ryan, and one of the big ones that you really need to have watched the episode uh, season one to to know is Evan Eva Gora, uh, the one from Our Neck of the Woods, <laughs> who plays the Romulan, uh, a male young male Romulan character. Um, but yeah, it's right back in with the La Serena, the ship that Picard is the head of the crew on. I won't say captain because yeah. uh, Santiago Cabrera is actually the captain. It is his ship. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, they made us wait though, didn't they? We we had to wait for this. I remember season one of Picard is the reason why I got a prime video subscription in the first place. And then that second year, no Picard. We had to wait, but then we found out that they were shooting season two and three back to back, and they've completely finished shooting season three. It is done. Yeah, um, yeah, because it was it was before COVID that season one came out, which is crazy to think. It was late twenty nineteen, early twenty twenty. Uh, actually, I think it might have been. January 2020 from from off the top of my head that came out. I was definitely still working at the comic book store at the time and we were talking about it uh, because, or, or maybe it was 2019, because Discovery, the Star Wars, Star Trek Discovery season had been recorded first and completed before Picard, but Picard was aired first before Discovery came out, which right. I remember being strange at the time. I think it was season two of Discovery. Um, well, which... it was 2020 that Picard first aired. It was the beginning of it. I think it was January. So it came out right yeah. at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, it definitely was a bit of a way. But you mentioned, you know, the returning cast members. What we get in this second season, we get special guest stars, Returning from previous Star Trek media, including John Delancey as Q and Whoopi Goldberg as Guinan. And then we also get a young Guinan. So Whoopi kind of bookends the season. But in the middle, we've got another actress. Yeah, and I mean, Guinan and Q, if you 
grew up watching Next Gen is are as integral to that series as Picard is and Riker and uh, all the other members of the Next Gen crew because, I mean, the pilot was a Q episode. You know, it wasn't until season two that we got Guinan, but she was a main, she was in just at, uh, more episodes than John Delancey, uh, even though Delancey was in a couple episodes of Voyager. And has oh, appeared. he was, he was all over. Like he popped up yeah. all of them, didn't he? He was in DS9, I think. Did he pop yeah, up? Yeah, for a single episode. Um, there we go. And so he was punched out by Cisco. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, never made it onto Enterprise, which makes sense because that would have predated his interference with humans. But, I mean, I love John Delancey. I've I've always had a soft spot for Q, and the very first episode of this season, when he shows up with great work on making him look young again before he decides, ooh, not quite fair, is it? Before he ages up to what John Delancey looks like now, with his, he, who looks fantastic. I mean, yeah, so he's yeah, he's, he's aged very gracefully. <laughs> he's aging up to match Patrick Stewart, and also to save Paramount some money by not having yeah. to de-age him the whole time. But it was a nice touch. I didn't know it was going to first turn up de-aged. So yeah, that was a, that was a fun touch. And I'm with you. I've always liked Q as a character. But he's always a bit of a weird character because he's essentially a genie. Like he can just make any, you know, magic. Like he's just doing making things appear. And yeah, so he was always an interesting character. Like he wasn't just another alien that they would come across. Yeah. And he's so much more powerful than him that he shouldn't be an issue. But his problem, his point isn't to stop them or beat them. It's not straight out. I mean, it wouldn't be any fun for him because it's not, like you said, as it with his ability, he could just click and I won. You never existed. Goodbye. Uh, so it's all about mental games and games of morality and uh, uh, philosophy of wh- what is it to be human? Is it worth, is humanity worth anything? Like why does it, why do good bad things happen to good people? These are always the kind of storylines you get with Q, and he takes it to the extreme for this season of of which is a great thing. Like, please spoilers, because obviously to talk about the show, we have to talk its plot. And the first thing that happens in that first episode when he shows up is snap, and he changes everything. And your first thought is, we've been moved over to the mirror universe. It's a brutal dictatorship. Picard's now the like a museum of defeated foes who are the skulls of characters we know from Star Trek, including Gul Dukat, who, of course, famously tortured him in the episode. You know, there are three lights. Um and for a lot of DS9, I mean, he was the guy in DS9. You've got the Romulan who was his foil throughout season three and four. Um, you've got uh, other skulls. Of, you've got Sarek's skull 
who he mind melded with in an episode, you know, this is Spock's father and yeah. there's a skull of, like, yeah. And it's all about human domination and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, yeah, it's the Terran empire. It's the mirror university. We know this. And then you discover, no, 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 it's, it's their universe. Q has altered one key thing in the past and this is where it all would have taken it. Uh, so the, time travel back to basically now it's 2024 but come on it's it's now um all this not to say like and before he snaps them back that makes all these wild changes he gets dragged out into space and the borg show up and essentially kill everyone that's how it starts before he wakes back up in his home and he's in this alternate universe. Like episode one, like that's the first like 10 minutes. <laughs> it's a, it's a wild ride. It, um, and classic Star Trek. What do you do with Star Trek time travel? What else do we get? Borg. What else do we get? Q it's, it's like a next gen greatest hits. <laughs> well, with the time travel, like your mind goes to Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, and there's some jokes recycled for the well, season that pop up. Yeah, and an actor, Kirk Thatcher, is back as Punk on the Bus. Yeah, the same actor. <laughs> yeah. So when they go, do you want to turn that down? He's like, yeah, 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 sure, no worries, because of what happened to him in Star Trek Four. I'm like, great call out. That is amazing. Yeah, no, that, I did. Yeah, I I did like that. I, I've got to be yeah. So all the things you mentioned, very enjoyable. What what did you think to all the Picard stuff? Like I know it's his show. His name is in the title, but that didn't work for me as much as I would have liked. Like just Picard as a boy, he'd obviously gone through some trauma. What was yeah. that? The relationship between him him and his mum. And then we eventually find out towards the end of the season what actually happened. Like his mum was unwell. You know, they're in the future, advanced science, but mental illness is still prominent enough that it's affecting her and she takes her own life and he's the one that finds her. And they're giving you all this backstory to Picard that we'd never had before. And I don't know. I've always liked Picard having a little bit of, mystery and i guess if they're going to base a show around you and you're the focus point they're going to have to peel back some more layers but whenever we're like back there at his family home i don't know it it got a bit samey for me to be honest i wasn't as interested as i would have liked no i I gotta admit that's the one aspect of this that didn't invest me as everything else did, because for that same reason of Picard has this massive childhood trauma that has never been brought up before. Like, like you said, in the, in the future, the idea is that even things like, like schizophrenia or, you know, as it's more commonly known now, uh, identity, uh, disassociative identity disorder, and things of this nature. I'm like, like really? Like they didn't have any uh, more effective than we have now treatment 
for someone who's got such, I'd say, chronic depression, maybe even bipolar, because we have treatments for people suffering such things now. Effectiveness varies, but you're talking two, 300 years in the future, we don't have anything? Like, please, that's not, that's not a great sign. Um, and this is something he buried so deep that it didn't come up even and is more traumatizing for him than being assimilated by the Borg. Like that's a strange thing because, you know, when you watch all seven seasons of next gen, um, especially the post Borg stuff. And even when you watch a generations film, no, it's the start of, nemesis i believe you find out flashbacks where's his brother he has an older brother who runs the farm and is a lot more like his father than he ever was he stayed on running the farm and picard the younger son the prodigy went off to school to space and became famous like none of that's in the flashbacks but that's neither here nor there although the whole time i'm like where's his brother in all this (laughs) his brother who was a bully to him not part of this trauma in any shape, way, or form. Like, that's a bit strange, but whatever. Um, yeah. Like, his when his brother dies in a fire on the farm, he lives in now, and it takes out his wife and their char- their son, who's Picard's ne- uh, nephew and his own, like, his entire living bloodline, and as he expected, who was going to be the next Picard because he hasn't had children. Like when they all died and it seriously affects him, he has, you know, uh, Deanna Troy to help coach him through this. They have a ship's counselor, someone who he trusts implicitly after so many years of service. And this was never brought up. It's one of those things that you just kind of have to go for like the, the show. And like, it's a family genetic thing that he might, partially suffer from but his mother absolutely did have it in a severe form and the person who was altered in the past the object that was changed was his ancestor was on the first man mission to europa and she suffers from uh borderline personality disorder or bipolar or uh you know, clinical depression, whichever one of these. I don't think they actually give you a, a specific one, but she's got full self-doubt and traditionally manages to get through it and finds what might be the first sign of life or intelligent life, sentient life on Europa, which is what steers humanity towards the hope and looking for life as part of the Federation Charter rather than the Confederation of Planets. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's like I'm I'm in complete agreement. Like as it was all happening, I was just like, what trauma could have been so severe that it's never been brought up before and that you could possibly find a way to smoothly integrate into who we know Picard is, and it never really lands, despite unfortunately a really great performance by the person playing his in-brain psych uh therapist who uh, actually is supposed to be his father which is james callus 
from Battlestar Galactica. Great performance from him. He's so great. He's I, I whatever he turns up in, he's great. But yeah, that whole thing. I'm like, but you always thought of your father as too too over the top and what have you, and very old school as well. There's not supposed to be a lot of tech on the Picard vineyard. Yeah, which I would have thought would have been more a contention of. Like that's what they always explained it before why he was so desperate to get off the farm was because he's like, they're living backwards. We're in the 23rd century. You know, maybe, maybe that's part of it. Like with his mom's illness, maybe they weren't using the most advanced treatments because, you know, they didn't have too much technology. It was a lot more analog. Yeah. Chateau. So maybe, maybe that's in part. But you're saying you're know, the actor playing his dad across the board and Patrick Stewart. I mean, yeah, he moves a little slower. It comes, it happens with age, but it's, it's still great seeing him back as Picard, all the returning cast members. And Alison Pill becomes the new board queen. Didn't see yeah. that coming. And what a no. transformation and what a rug pull when she was there at the beginning. As yeah. the new ball queen, but it's not until she's confronted with Picard, who's going to trust her in the finale. Yeah, that you see that it's her, and she's got a freaky redesign, and she's been there all those years waiting for them to come back to the present. Yeah, she yeah. was she was really good in this, and the the duality where she's interacting with the ball queen, but nobody else can see her. Is that yeah. where she's in the red dress? So she was really good in this. Yeah, and the board queen that she sees and who we are initially introduced to is played by Annie Wershing, who uh, she was in the uh, Marvel Runaway show on Hulu. Uh, she was one of the parents, and oh, I've seen okay. her in lots of things. Um, but she does a, she does is doing a great job as the board queen, as the more traditional board queen we're so used to. Like the one from oh. First Contact, who Alice Creed yeah. plays. Yeah, very much has yeah. that design. And, yeah, or the uh, mother from Arrow, from when, who appeared as the Borg Queen in Voyager. Really? Moira, Moira Queen? She was, yeah. uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, it's like, so when I first started watching like Arrow, back when it first premiered, and I saw his mother, I'm like, I know her from something, and my brain's like, oh, she's the Borg Queen. <laughs> but yeah, like whenever they do the Borg Queen, it's always fantastic. When we got that like little like little snippet of Seven of Nine in season one, when she takes over the artifacts to the, the Borg Cube and she temporarily becomes like one of the, uh, like a queen, that was great. Um, it's just such a great character. People always like it doesn't make sense. They're a thing with a hive mind. They don't have a leader. I'm like, yeah, but. It's the point that individuality itself is something unique enough to have a version of in the collective. Like they're all about taking in all knowledge and all technology and all advantages of life. One of them would be individuality, a creative spark that that wouldn't exist in the robotic binary straightforwardness of a hive mind like it yeah. makes perfect sense also it's just cool just go with it yeah i'm gonna say you know i've never had any issue and always liked the idea of the board queen and like and you know first contact love that film and it's yeah yeah she's a great villain in that the design everything works so yeah i like 
Borg Queen is a character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great. Uh, another character from season one who you see sort of intermittently a little bit in season one, but becomes a massive character in season two is uh, Talyn, played by Walter Brady. She's the Romulan helper at the farm who you find out he's got, which you got, there was a little bit of a hint of that. There's obviously some chemistry between the actors of uh, her and Picard maybe have a thing, but her since her husband has since died and she's when we first start the season. So she's made it fairly obvious to Picard how she feels, but he's never been good at relationships. So he so shines away. And then when he's, they go back to time. One of her ancestors is watching his his ancestor Renee, played by the same actress. Um, and again, the, she's she's amazing. Uh, her very nice uh, Irish accent, um, like she's very attractive. Great chemistry with Patrick Stewart, and like a really interesting character of like a Romulan who has been. hired by like a essentially what you find out later on is what what wesley became a traveler to witness and pay, make sure events happen and unfold the way they are supposed to and in her case it's renee Picard, the ancestor who is the domino that q is going to change who where he can't do it his normal way he can't just change your mind with a snap his powers are malfunctioning because you find out again, big spoiler, he's dying, even though he wasn't aware of something that could happen to Q's. And so he can't just change her mind with the snap. He's trying to undermine her by posing as her therapist and also bringing in other characters to get in the way. Yeah. A lot going on there. I mean, absolutely a lot going on there. Will Wheaton. Where's the crusher? Yeah, he's in the he's in the finale. I remember they announced the original next gen cast, pretty much all of them coming back for season three of this show. And then so many people, oh, but what about Will Wheaton? Why is he being left out? Well, because he was going to be in season two. And honestly, I've got yeah. no no memory of him leaving Starfleet to become a traveler. I had to jump online afterwards because I'm like, hey, what? Like he just kind of appears and he's like this new being. It was great seeing Will Wheaton though back in Star Trek. We did see him. I think it was Nemesis. It was there at the beginning. There was a wedding. I think it was it was Deanna Troy and Riker, wasn't it? The beginning yeah. of Nemesis. He was there but didn't have a speaking part. But it was good no, to see and that was always a plot hole because he did disappeared to become the traveler yeah, and you're like wait he there. stops being this <laughs> like i guess fourth or fifth dimensional being uh to stop in on diana's and riker's wedding what i mean huh? they were like family to him how many years he yeah was on yeah the ship. I, but everyone was like oh well right and then everyone's decided really, wait wesley wesley hasn't been seen since he disappeared what the there'd be a and he got no speaking role to explain, oh, yeah, you know, you mean that enough? I came out of nothingness to say hello. Like, yeah. But yeah, so I yeah. missed all that. I, I didn't know that. But then when he's here and he's talking, he's the traveler. And 
yeah, it, it was great seeing him back. But, I mean, the gift that keeps on giving for Brent Spiner, I mean, he's not data anymore, but he just they keep finding a way for him to come back to Star Trek. And here he is as Adam Song. And he's a proper bad guy in this. Like, they really yeah. turn him into a, a villain. The end of season one, I was curious, what's going to happen? Because we got him there as Song. And it's like, well, Picard's dying. Picard dies. But now he's a machine. But he's An gonna... organic machine or a machine that replicates organic <laughs> on such fine detail. Yeah, so they, he's, a, even he's, this. <laughs> he's a machine that will age at the same rate as Patrick Stewart, essentially. It's yeah. what they're saying. So, I, don't, I mean, we knew that it was like a three and done. That was the plan for Picard when they first announced it. So when yeah. it looked as though he was going to die at the end of season one, what's going to happen here? But then he ended up, yeah, like continuing. And I, w- I was thinking, oh, well, I wonder how that's going to play into season two. Does it really? It gets no, mentioned. No, yeah, and you get that one it? thing where he's going into cardiac arrest and they use a defibrillator on him and it fries the machine because it's not like a normal body. But, <laughs> and, then, even, and, yeah, and then... Cristobal is like, or, or Rios, as I think most people will know him, is like, yeah, it's, that's weird. And then he try, goes to try and explain. He goes, I haven't even wrapped my own head around it, so I don't really think I can explain it to you because, like, I'm not that smart. <laughs> I mean, maybe it'll be a thing in season three, but it was more about looking back, like we've talked about, like what happened yeah. to him in his childhood. It just, I don't know, I was a bit surprised about it. And again, like the weight that we had between season one and season two, thinking, right, what is what is it going to be? But yeah, maybe they're saving it or maybe they're just not going to address it ever again. Yeah, it's just like, that's our plot look, convenient little plot device. Like the fact that he's got an artificial heart that we brought up back in the original series, like the, sorry, next gen, the, the show, the series, like that will never was brought up a second time. Like the, like, yeah, like, okay. All right. Whatever. I guess we just go with it. You um, know, you mentioned Q dies in this. It really was a touching moment when he stood there. He knows yeah. that he's dying. He's done everything that he's done. Picard walks towards him and just they just embrace. And yeah. you know, Picard holds him and it's like, you know, after everything they've gone through together, and then he just like reveals that you were one of my favorites. It was a really, yeah. really touching moment. And what was it he said? Is it um El Capitan? Yeah. Yeah, which he always calls him. He's since the first one, El Capitan. That's it. And uh, and that was that was the end the end of Q. Yeah, sad. Like, I mean, you, you can always use him again in well in lower decks. You could do a full lower decks episode with, and him. they have <laughs> they have used yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it really is like a big thing. Like he's been such a major part of Star Trek since its relaunched in '87, and we got we've seen it, the conclusion. Like it's big. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It is. It really is. It feels, yeah, yes. it feels earned as well. It does. It does. But I, I'm curious what they're 
what their swan song is going to be, what they're going to do with the third season. And I hope they're not bringing everyone back just to kill them. I'm really hoping Q's gone. Picard died in season one. They found a way to bring him back. That was written. Data's gone. Data's gone. Yes. Don't just bring them back to kill them. I'm really hoping they, they don't do that. You know, a big part of season one was the mystery. You know, the girl died. Turns out she had a sister, but then it was revealed that she was a machine. And so that was a big part of season one. And then season two, they're approaching it from a a different direction. And she's the daughter of Song. And then she finds out what he's been doing, that she's just the latest model. And then she's the one at the end that goes off with the traveler to be, I guess she's also a a traveler. Yeah. uh, She's what? Talin was, which is what they call a, a watcher. I, it, which I think that's what the term they use, but ah, my brain right. gets going, oh, just like Marvel. Ah, so he's not recruiting her to be a traveler. She's going to be another watcher. She's to watch someone else, whoever else is next important, whoever that could be. Um, they never say whether it's going to be from that period or a new one, which, you know, they, so she could be, she could come back in any Star Trek show, essentially, uh, in that role. Although now we're back in the present. By, and by present, I mean Star Trek present of where the Borg Queen is at the end of the final episode. So uh, Issa Briones, or uh, Issa Briones, who plays Soji, uh, her character is possibly back on the table. Do they confirm she's not going to be in season three? Because obviously Rios isn't because he decides to stay in 2024 because he meets uh, the lovely doctor, Teresa Ramirez, played by Sol Rodriguez, and they had chemistry right off the bat. Oh, they did, yeah. Yeah, they did. And they quickly became a little family unit. With Rios, though, staying in the past, and then at the end, Picard's in Guinan's bar, and she points up to that picture of Rios, and she's like... I'm surprised you've never noticed it. It's been there the whole time. It's been there since 1987. (laughs) You've never never noticed it until now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was great. And and Young Guinan, you should also say, uh, played by Ido Agahare. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She's great. Like, she's got slightly more, uh, more... She doesn't have the the effortless, like, calming presence of Whoopi Goldberg because this is her fed up, like, I'm out, I'm getting off this planet, these people have done my head in. Um, But she's still, and you find out finally kind of what the thing with her people and the Q continuum is, is, like, they basically have a ceasefire from when they clashed, which is a whole long-standing thing hanging in the air from an episode from next gen where they come out and you know the like excuse like ah not one of you and you're like <laughs> what what wait what what the hell Gaiden answers please and yeah we never got them and again we still don't really have them we just have a thing that she can call Q whenever she wants but yeah there's some like agreement between the two you're like wow fascinating yeah you're right she does do a good job as young Gaiden but when we first get her, it's like, oh, 
is that all we're going to get Whoopi for? Because that was like a big thing. Remember, what show does she do in the US? Is it The View? The View, what Those yeah. talk shows she does. And I saw the clip where live on the show, Patrick Stewart invited her to return to Star Trek as Guinan. And it was just, oh, you know, this big moment. And then we got her in one episode and then it was young Guinan. So it was good to see her at the end. But you're right, the actress did do a good job of a younger, more rough around the edges Guinan. Yeah, um, and yeah, everyone did a great job. The actress plays Renee Picard, is Penelope Mitchell, uh, Yvette Picard, who's of course the mother of Jean Luc, who who keeps seeing this flashbacks. That's Madeline Wise. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw it whilst it was coming out. A lot of people online were complaining. They're like, oh, "God, they really don't know why they bother with this show." exactly what we needed some more borg some more time travel i'm like yes <laughs> i was the opposite i'm like yes more borg yes more time travel it's because at least it wasn't what we we've never seen we'd seen the borg in two episodes of enterprise which was a continuation from first contact like they'd found you know the bodies of these frozen biolic bodies of borg in the arctic because that's where they crashed after being shot down by the Enterprise when they jumped back in time. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that's interesting. I've not seen Enterprise. That is interesting. So because of what happened in the movie First Contact, yeah. Borg were frozen in the ice and they were found by Captain Archer. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and they chased off, but and he managed to kill, shoot them, but they managed to shoot out a transmission. And they're like, oh, it'll take like 200 years to reach wherever it was sent to. And then that lines up perfectly with when next gen, when the Enterprise gets slung into org space by Q. I like it when it fits. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, like, oh, Borg, time traveling Borg, this is ridiculous. I'm like, no, no, because they don't, how can they stop them? And also, like, like it's not Borg like we know before. She doesn't have, heaps of them it's just the one and she's not at full power and she's being fought like she's not her body like it's i, I was hooked I, I was hoping the whole time i'm like we're gonna get Girardi back right like she's she's gonna somehow like exercise the ball queen right like they, and then when they didn't i'm like oh huh okay like that's you know it's they gave me what your people complain they're treading old ground i'm like but they didn't they that's a massive change to the Borg of like, instead of forcing assimilation on people, they're using it to say what well, Gerardi Borg queen is using it to save people who were lost and are building the Borg in a different way. Cause as Picard points out, you've done the assimilation by forcing and how many universes, like when does it ever work out well for you? Maybe try something different. Maybe help search Gerardi's memories like how would that affect her like you know I'm like that that's great change and I'm sure some of it was also cost saving you don't have to build sets and stuff when it's 2024 because we're there you can just walk down the street you can shoot you know around the streets of LA or Vancouver or wherever it is that you're shooting the series like it and you know, it makes it easier for COVID as well if, if during whatever restrictions you're doing. And they get to make a more 
direct social commentary with the the episode where Rios gets picked up by members of ICE and he's going to get deported because, of course, he's in the past and doesn't have any identification because he's from the future. Of course, yeah, and yes. They and, and they don't, they, and their ID is like, Com badges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, very, very topical the way they handled that storyline. Duality though, like it, it, it had, it's got stakes, there's consequences. And she, you know, she's not dead, but she's no longer who she was. Like she's very much this new, new thing. And Elnor, he dies, he's gone, and then he comes back as part of the ship, or it's programmed to look like him. Yeah, but he was dead. He was gone, and if not for Rios staying in the past, Eleanor, Eleanor would have stayed dead. But Q is like, I've got what does he say? I've got like one more surprise or yeah, one more yeah. trick. Oh, oh, that leaves me a little bit more energy. I got That's one more right. trick. It'll be a yes. surprise. Yeah, and he undoes the death of Eleanor uh, for um, Raffi. Yeah, which. I, was I did like devastated. that. Yeah. I didn't expect it. So I did like it when he was back and he was a good character going back to the first season when he was with Picard. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that's one of the things I alluded to at the start of the podcast of if you didn't watch season one and, and you, when he dies, cause it happens very quickly, very early on. Like if you'd only seen him for like that episode and a half or two episodes, you know, he dies and you're like, Eh, who was that guy? I don't know him. So, but I, yeah, I thought he was a great character. You know, he's part of the Romulans who are uh, absolute candor is their thing. And he's kind of like a Ronin, like with the samurai sword and that sort of stuff. But he's a member of Starfleet. He's just at it. it there's a lot going on. There's some great character um, brushes that would have been really interesting to look further into, which I hope they bring him back for season three. I mean, so much untapped you? You'd hope. I mean, I can see season three being a bit like X-Men Days of Future Past, if we're comparing it to something else that Patrick Stewart did, where you got McAvoy and his X-Men, but you also got Xavier. Well, they're both Xavier. You've also got Stewart and his X-Men. So I'm hoping, I mean, I really want to see the next-gen guys come back. I really do. But I don't want to sacrifice this crew that he's currently got because they've really built them up well over these two seasons. Yeah, because you've got Seven of Nine actually being a member of Starf- uh, uh, Starfleet, which I forgot. She never was. She was just she's part of Voyager, but she had never gone through Starfleet training. Ah, so she didn't have true. a rank. She was always seven of nine. She wasn't ensign or anything else. Um, and you know, when we see her in season one, she's a ranger. Is that what they called? Basically, like a freelancer. Um, and even at the start of this season, she's also using Rios's ship as a freelancer. Like, yeah, in the fringes where between like one empire and the Federation, she's like working operating those fringe areas where it's not quite controlled by anyone. Um, yeah, she's a really interesting character. You know, she got to do some really char- interesting beats because because of the change, she never got Borg implants, so she's living the whole show 
like being not being reacted to with fear and you get some really, really great character growth for her. Um, she, her and Raffi are in a relationship and they're Raffi's not dealing with the loss of Elnor and the, and seven, seven's not helping or seven is having trouble getting her to address it. There's so much, there's so much happening. I, yeah, I want to see, Seven and nine with the next gen crew with Raffi, who yeah, that would that has would be a familiarity with Picard. I mean, she's calls him JL, which like, still throws she, me. He, still throws she can, me. <laughs> she can chew him out, and she can put him in his place. Like no one on the next gen cast would be able to do because they're all too friend. They have too much respect, but she is enough, like, like enough of a kind of relationship where she can completely call him out, like. It, uh, and seeing how you know the other people like oh have we been replaced you know there's there's a lot of character work that could be really interesting for our final season so like yourself i don't want to see for the next season them just throw out all these guys and make way make way for the classics like you get the whole nostalgia pack like no 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 i i want i want old and you i want my chocolate and my peanut butter like, give yeah, yeah definitely they did change showrunners for this season. The first season we had Michael Chabon. This season, Akiva Goldsman and Terry Matalas. So I don't know if they're going to change things up again, but hopefully they're going to carry the same showrunners over and they're able to just pair the two, old and the new, together. Because we know absolutely the third season of Picard is the final season. Yeah. So it's going to um, be interesting going into it. We know that it's the end and they knew from the beginning. So it's hopefully they, they're really able to stick the landing and maybe they will, maybe they won't do anything with Picard dying and now being a living machine, whatever description yeah. we, we arrived on. But yeah, I'm, I'm really hopeful for, for that third season. Yeah. And we've, We've done it now. He's had all the flashbacks to his mom. We don't need to revisit it. So we do end up in a hopeful place. I've got to say, I knew that Wesley was going to be in it before I watched it. I was trying to catch up. I fell behind and then Strange New Worlds premiered. And then I was watching that over Picard. And then I saw I started seeing screenshots online of Wesley Crusher. I'm like, oh, damn. So I knew going yeah. in that it was going to be in it, but it was still nice to see him as part of the episode. Yeah. All right. If we're going to go with uh, ranking, uh, we'll start with you this time. Oh, that's right. What was your enjoyment <laughs> of this, uh, for this season? I mean, uneven is what I will say. Um, and uneven because of everything we've said about Picard in his youth and all of that. I did enjoy, I've been trying to think, I did enjoy, I definitely enjoyed that first season more. And I, but I think it was still like quite novel at the time of having Patrick Stewart come back. We had Riker, we had Deanna Troy in that first season. We got flashbacks to Data. We had Picard going back to Starfleet, arguing. Yeah, the first season was definitely a better season, but 
there's a lot to like in this second season. We're more familiar with his new crew. Yeah, I, I'm going to come in. Hmm, okay, I, I'm going to come in at a 3.5 out of 5. Everything with his mum really, it was almost bringing it to a complete standstill for me. It really was. So that really does take away. So yeah, three point five out of five. What about yourself? Um, going to come in a little higher for me. I enjoyed this more than season one. With season one, I came in with some more trepidation of like ah, it's been gone so long. Like how do you how do you make that fit? And I think I wasn't as prepared. Season one felt like. A, a very, very long movie that had been cut down and we were getting just little bits of it every every week, whereas this felt like each episode was a bit more fully re- realised. I'm going to come in out of four out of five. Um, I really enjoyed it. Despite, like yourself, the, the traumatic childhood stuff not landing as well, I thought the payoff of it, his mum being that he had let her out and then that had been why how she'd been able to kill herself. Thought that was well handled. Like it, the payoff was not worth how much they really hammered on it. But I appreciated that it was something suitably like you know what that would be hell traumatic. Like at least it wasn't something something uh, that didn't feel earned. Although it did slow it down whenever that they especially, you know, I think you get a whole episode where he's trapped inside his mind and they really push that. And you don't get the resolution there. It doesn't come until the final the second last episode that you finally get that resolution. I'm like, ah, uh, he probably dragged that on a little long. But everything else, uh, the Borg Queen, Q being in the present day, all the callbacks to Star Trek Four, um, the fact that Rios stayed, I just everything worked for me. And in the end that really, really touching sentiment from Q of him. It was never about challenging you and making your life miserable. You are my, one of my favorites and you needed this. Like you, this has been something you were never going to do on your own. I'm like, you know what? Oh, wow. Like it, like for me, it, it, when it lined up and it, it sang so loudly, it blocked out the, bits that maybe stumble and and also like we didn't bring it up but the visual quality of these shows the production values the music yeah. i was gonna yeah i was gonna add that as well like it, it yeah. looks like big screen star trek like yeah visually it is incredible and you know the special effects and all of that but the the uniforms which is always such a big a big part of star trek and Obviously, they're going in a different direction on Discovery. They're so far in the future now. We're getting yeah. the classic costumes, uniforms. <laughs> Shouldn't say yeah. costumes. We get the classic uniforms, the primary colours in Strange New Worlds. But I'm liking yeah. what we're seeing here, the, the different design of the communicator. Yeah, it, it looks fantastic. Star Trek is looking so good on TV. Yeah, um, I mean... We've touched on it slightly with Strange New Worlds also looking incredible. I mean, it is truly amazing. And I think we brought this up 
when we talked about season four of Discovery, whenever the next uh, Chris Pine Star Trek film comes out with that film cast, they've really got to step up. I don't know how. I don't know how you step up to 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 look more expensive than what they're yeah. doing on TV right now. Well, because- especially well, especially now we're getting weekly Spock. Like, yeah, with is it Ethan Peck? Yeah, yeah, who's and doing great? He, he is doing great, but I know we're going to review Strange New Worlds once the whole thing has aired. But were you as surprised as I was to see Spock topless and to have him be built as big as an actor is? Because you know, from Leonard Nimoy to Zachary Quinto. Yes, I was going to say Sila from Heroes because I was blanking <laughs> on his name. But you know, he's always like he's a slight frame so yeah i was quite surprised to see spock without his his blue top (laughs) yeah i didn't think anything of it for that one scene um because i know i think star trek fans like were like wait vulcans aren't supposed to be they're supposed to be so logical that they engage in things like well let's think of it more logically with today's modern sexual like thoughts like it's completely normal why would they deny themselves the pleasure that is part of a relationship for once every seven years only for procreation? Yeah. What are they spending the other, what the rest of their time around each other for? If there's not something more going on, they do have emotions. They're just buried super deep. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, he's, Definitely in better shape than any other Spock who's uh, been upstate because Zachary Quinto has a good build. It's just you've never seen him with his shirt off. And I think that's, seen... that's yeah, that's the difference, isn't it? In the other episodes, when he's got his, I bet I can't believe we're talking about this, but anyway, <laughs> so it's where he's fully clothed. He doesn't look like he's, he's you know, anyway, we've, we may bring it up again when we. <laughs> We get to yeah. review the yeah. the whole season, but yeah, I mean, oh, you can guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for our episode all about Star Trek Picard season two. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon. <laughs>